Amen. All righty. Well, hey, uh, last week, believe it or not, uh, Al, Kenny, and Wes decided to do a man thing and go fishing at Lake Mead, right, Al? Just go along with it. Praise God. Okay, that's right. And uh, apparently it was inspired from last week's uh, manly barbecue joke. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that's my theory anyway. And, and so they decided to go do a guy thing and everything was going fine until Al noticed that Kenny forgot to tie the boat off to the side of the lake. Yeah. So of course the boat disappeared. It totally floated away. Okay. And it was getting late and they were on the complete opposite side of Lake Mead there. And there was, they didn't bring any water, they're guys. And, and they had no idea how in the world are we going to get across all the way across Lake Mead. So Al, being the model Christian he is, that's right. Okay, he decided to kneel down on his knees and begin to pray, okay? And he's a deacon and all, so here's what he prayed, Bill. He says, Lord, give me the power and the strength to cross Lake Mead. And so suddenly, I kid you not, Al became very strong, and he swam all the way across Lake Mead. It was awesome. Right? All right? So then Wes thought, well, hey, man, if it worked for Al, it's going to work for, for him. And so Wes knelt down, he prayed, and he said, Lord, give me these skills and the strength to cross Lake Mead. So all of a sudden, Wes, he grabs all this wood there on the beach, and he builds himself a canoe, and he rows himself all the way across Lake Mead, huh? Yeah, give it up for Wes. But that's right, you know what's coming. Kenny thought, well, hey, man, gee whiz, if this is going to work for Al and Wes, I know it's going to work for me. And so Kenny, he knelt down, and he prayed, Lord, give me the wisdom and knowledge to cross Lake Mead. And so all of a sudden, just like that, Kenny turned into a woman and walked across the bridge. <laughs> Yes, that's right. That's for you ladies out there who put up with last week's manly barbecue joke. Uh, equal opportunity humor here at Sunrise. But that's uh, right. Uh, seriously, folks, how many guys would say that Al, Wes, and Kenny learned the hard way that, you know what? Sometimes the answer to your predicament, it's right before your very eyes, right? Okay? You didn't have to turn into a woman uh, to figure that out, okay? But that's right, folks. You know the theme. The Bible says that one day the whole planet's going to miss it right before the very eyes. And it's right there. His name is Jesus Christ. And they're going to miss it. And that's going to happen, unfortunately, at the rapture of the church. And because they refuse to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they are going to be thrust into the seven-year tribulation, which is not a joke, and it's not a party. It is an outpouring of God's wrath on a wicked and rebellious planet. As we've seen many times before, folks, Jesus, I'm not making this up, Jesus said of that time, it's going to be, quote, a time of greater horror than anything this world has ever seen or will ever see again, and that unless God was merciful and shortened the time frame, nobody on the planet would survive. That's horrible, okay? But as we've been seeing, the good news is God's not just a God of wrath, dishing out his justice. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that God has the last word on all the evil and suffering, amen? Okay, so the, nobody's getting away with nothing, okay? But he's not just a God of wrath or justice. He's a God of love as well. And because he loves you and I, this is what we open in prayer with. He's given us so many warning signs to let us know when the tribulation was near and Christ's second coming was rapidly approaching. Therefore, to keep you and I from experiencing the ultimate bad day of being left behind, we're gonna continue our study. That's right, the final countdown. The final countdown, okay? And what we've been seeing, if you've already uh, been with us in the study, is the number 10 sign. Remember, it's a countdown. I have to belabor that. It's a countdown. The number 10 sign uh, was the Jewish people. The number nine sign we saw was modern technology. And the last three times we saw the number eight sign was worldwide upheaval. And what we saw was that God lovingly foretold you and I that when you see Christian across the planet an increase of famines and earthquakes and pestilence and wars and signs in the sky and volcanic activity and global earth catastrophes and even plague-like activity, just like when he judged Egypt, God says, you better wake up, man. Whether you like the news or not, you are in that generation. You are living in the last days, okay? But that's not all. I'm still preaching on this, John, so guess what? There's got to be more. That's right, Ruth. There's got to be more. Did that sound like Ruth? 
thank you. The good answer, John, you could have been, would have been a long ride home. But that's right. The seventh sign on the final countdown is the rise of falsehood. Okay, the rise of falsehood. The enemy comes in in the last days. Lord willing, we'll see that next time. He comes in the last days and he tries to steer people away from the truth. And he does it as he's always done with lies. Okay, and the first falsehood that's coming down the pike, Jesus warned us to watch out for, is the rise of false Christs. Okay, but don't take my word for it. Again, let's listen to his. Open your Bibles to Luke 21. Luke 21. We're going to read just verses 5 through 8 to grab the context there. And uh, as we've seen before, this is the parallel passage of the infamous Matthew 24, dealing again with the signs of the times. How do we know we're getting close? We don't know the day. We don't know the hour. Please don't be foolish and try to predict it. I don't care how nifty you are at mathematics. Okay, we don't know. Okay, but we do know when it's getting close. And this is another sign that we're going to see that. Luke 21, and uh, we're going to read verses 5 through 8. Let's take a look at the signs of the end of the age. And here's what the text says. Some of his disciples were remarking about how the temple was adorned with beautiful stones and with gifts dedicated to God. But Jesus said, as for what you see here, <laughs> the time's going to come when not one stone will be left on another. Every one of them will be thrown down. And so they asked again the, the same thing they asked in Matthew 24. Well, when will these things happen? And that other passage says, and when is the sign of your coming, your second coming? Okay, what will be the sign they're about to take place? And Jesus replied, what's the first thing he says? Watch out that you are not what? Deceived. That means somebody's going to be lying. Okay? First thing out of his mouth, watch out that you are not deceived. Why? Because many, not just a few, many will come in my name claiming I am he, saying that they are Jesus, and the time is near. And Jesus says you really need to consider them and have a church meeting and discuss whether or not that's What's he say there? And I love this. This is about as blunt as you can get. Do not follow them. Right? Let's repeat that. Do not follow them. Let's close in prayer. No, I've got much more to go. But uh, that's right. Uh, but as we can see, folks, in our text, one of the biggest and most obvious signs to indicate from Jesus that we are in that generation, we are living in the last days, as he says, there's going to come a point when there's going to be a bunch of people claiming to be me. There's going to be an increase of false Christ, okay? And again, as we saw before, the skeptic will probably say something like, well, okay, so what? What's the big deal? Why should I listen now, Christian? You know, throughout history, we've had various people here and there claiming to be Jesus. No big deal. Well, you're right. It's, it's been, you know, kind of common, scattered here and there throughout history. People have been claiming to be Jesus. But here's the point. In the last century alone, even less than that, there's been an explosion of people all across the world who are claiming to be Jesus Christ. They're claiming to be the Messiah. And I'm going to share with you several of them, okay, just to give you a smattering. This is a global event that's taking place, okay? The first one we're going to talk about, this guy is Reverend Sun Young Moon. Have you heard him? Uh, the Moonies, okay? And uh, he not only claims to be the Messiah, but he claims to be the Lord of the Universe, just in case the Messiah is not a big enough title for you, okay? And he even states, folks, that Jesus Christ is following him. Okay, let's take a look at some actual quotes from him. He says this, uh, Jesus Christ is trying to follow me, my footsteps, all the way. He stayed in paradise because he did not marry. But I, Reverend Sun Young Moon, gave him marriage. Don't you want to meet the wives of Buddha, Confucius, and Muhammad? He says, they sent letters of gratitude from me from the spirit world. They pledged that even if their religion disappears, they will follow me. How many guys would say somebody's got an ego problem? Okay, just a little. It gets even more so, folks. If that wasn't weird enough, Mr. Moon actually crowned Messiah. He was crowned Messiah in one of our Senate buildings. If you don't understand, folks, we've got to get this clear to our heads as Christians. 
If we don't wake up and realize very quickly that the battle we have for our nation is spiritual, not just political, we're going to lose. There's weird, wacky stuff going on spiritually in our country, folks, and they're taking over. One person said, you probably imagine your congressman hard at work at the Capitol debating legislation, making laws, you know, governing. Now, what your newspaper probably didn't tell you was that one night in March, these are the actual photographs, by the way, members of Congress hosted a crowning ritual for an ex-convict and multi-billionaire, that's Mr. Moon, okay, who dressed up in maroon robes and declared himself the second coming. On March 23rd in the Dirksen Cynic office building was the scene of a coronation ceremony for Reverend Moon, and he's, of course, the owner of Washington Times and the UPI service. If you want to get your deceit out, you might want to grab hold of the media, and that's a whole other topic. But anyway, that's not all. He was crown, uh, given a bejeweled crown. Again, these are the actual photographs. That's him as his wife. He was crowned by Representative Danny K. Davis, Democrat from Illinois, and afterward, Moon told his bipartisan audience that he would, quote, save everyone on earth just as he saved the souls of Hitler and Stalin. This is going on in the Senate building there, as we saw. Now, he claimed that the murderous dictators, Hitler and Stalin, had been born again through him, and in a vision, Moon said he reformed Hitler and Stalin, who has now vouched for him. Ron, I don't know about you, but on my resume, I wouldn't want to have vouching for my qualifications, Hitler and Stalin. What? This is what the guy said in the Senate building. Can you believe this? And then they, they said that Hitler and Stalin, here's his credits, has called him none other than humanity's savior, Messiah, returning Lord, and true parent. Take your pick. Apparently, they all are supposed to stick. But anyway, that's right. And this is the actual photograph here. Then a rabbi declared that Reverend Moon is the true Messiah and blew his horn with many different faiths present, including Jews, Muslims, evangelicals, mainline Protestants, Hindus, and that's right, other assorted faiths. Sounds like a one world religion thingy. And is the Bible talking anything about that? Yeah, Lord willing, we'll get to that down the road, okay? Now, folks, is that kind of weird? Somebody on the planet is actually, even in our Senate, claiming to be the Messiah, and people are crowning him, and what? But that's not all, folks, that's right. You could also check out the Jesus of Siberia, in case you don't want to get political, okay? And uh, right now, he has thousands of his own disciples who thinks he is Jesus, because after all, I mean, these are the qualifications. If you can't get Hitler and Stalin to vouch for you, all you got to do is walk around with a crimson robe and long brown hair, right? Right, isn't that, and then you're Jesus, right? His devotees say that, quote, I'm direct quote, he radiates incredible love. And speaking to him is like an electric shock or like bells ringing. My theory is, Junior, they're maybe a little too close to the light socket, but that's just me. Okay, could be a little moisture going on there. Okay, and in case you doubt, he has stated, quote, it's all very complicated, but to keep things simple, that's right, I am Jesus Christ. Let's take a look at Jesus of Siberia right now. While Christians all over the world prepare to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, some believe he's alive right now. Where? Well, in the deep wilderness of northern Russia. Come along tonight for a truly unique story about a man they call Jesus of Siberia. It looks like a scene right out of a Sermon on the Mount. We traveled many kilometers through bug-infested forests to reach this isolated village in Siberia, this most northern part of Russia. Here we meet Jesus, or Vasirion, as they also call him. Unbelievably, 15 years ago, this Jesus was Sergei Torov, a small-town Siberian policeman. But now he believes he is the Son of God reincarnated. People will decide for themselves. Is his way for them, or will they choose something else? But everything has a price. 
and thousands in this village believe this is Jesus Christ. These are not misfits or lunatics, they were mostly professionals who abandoned lives in Europe to follow the man they call Jesus. Not long ago, Lynetta was a Lithuanian diplomat serving at the European Union headquarters in Brussels. Then she saw Vassirion speaking. I cried. I began to cry. The feeling was unbelievable. It was like I, I, I'm at home. I'm at home. I'm in love. Yep. She's in love with Jesus of Siberia. Because, of course, she just feels great. She just, all this emotion, it's got to be true, right? We'll get to that uh, in just a little bit. But that's right, folks. Uh, believe it or not, for those of you who don't want to travel all the way to Russia, oh, no, especially in that bug-infested forest. You saw it with your own eyes. Okay, uh, they're making it convenient for you. You can travel right now to Pennsylvania. I'm not making this up, folks, uh, to see what's your name. That's right, and the reason why they call this guy claiming to be a Jesus, what's your name, is because, I'm not making this up, when they keep asking the guy, what's your name, he will only reply back, mm, what's your name? <laughs> I'm not making it up. It's got to be the most annoying version of the false messiah to me on the planet. But yeah, I kid you not, even after all that, he has thousands of people visiting him who state, quote, I was in his presence for an hour and I felt unbelievable. Take a look at this. I think even he's having trouble uh, with his own declaration that he's Jesus. Let's take a look. somebody comes into town without any shoes, dressed in a robe in the wintertime, carrying a Bible, well, obviously, he's someone to keep an eye on. We're not really breaking any law. Now, some people are looking at this as a publicity stunt. Townspeople believe he'll walk out of town, never to return again. His awareness of the media is a contradiction in a way. To me, Jesus, There's something wrong with this man. He's over the edge. People will say every kind of evil against you. They'll, like, make fun of you. For his name's sake, then your blessing is great in heaven. My first reaction was, who's this kook? Do you have that hope? He's something like St. Francis of Assisi. He is a blessing from God to all of us. He's a bum. Subconsciously, there's a tremendous struggle with what I'm doing. <laughs> the, the understatement of the year. With all due respect, what? Oh, but that's right, folks. We're here for you today. Maybe Pennsylvania's Messiah is a little too homespun for you. And you need a real Jesus with a real accent. Because you all know in the movies, Jesus spoke with a British accent. And he passed the bread to his disciples, right? And he's got to be British, right? And so that's why, hey, that's why we're here to help you out. Right now, a guy named David Shaler, he's called the MI5 Messiah because he's a former MI5 uh, British Secret Service agent. And take a look at his claims, folks. I'm not making this up for you. Surely he's Jesus because he's got the hairdo and he's British. And, right, let's take a look at this guy. David Shaler said in an interview, quote, I am the Messiah and I hold the secret of eternal life. Okay, and it all came about quite suddenly, he says. Uh, first, I started meditating, and then I learned how to channel the light. Okay, and I did more research, of course not in the Bible, uh, but into Freemasonry, the Knights Templar, Kabbalah, which is Jewish mysticism, and the more I became convinced that uh, I was the Christ. And he's speaking of the, uh, uh, the Christ consciousness that the New Age says is within us. Lord willing, we'll get to that later, okay? But that's what he said, and, uh, and, and this is an actual photograph here. Uh, quote, the last decade has been a tough one for the former MI5 officer. Yeah. Okay, let's continue. Now, he said it was in June that a psychic channeled the spirit of Mary Magdalene and anointed me uh, the Messiah. And finally, my whole life made sense. 
He said he also claims that he can affect the weather, prevent terrorist attacks, and listen, Bill, this could be the year of the Dolphins, influence football results. I'm not making this up, man. This stuff writes itself. Here's what he said as proof. He said it was back in April that he performed what he calls his first and greatest miracle, that of securing his beloved team, Middlesbrough, a place in the UEFA Cup final. That's right. He said it was the quarterfinal against Basel, and they were down three to nothing and after the first leg, and they needed four goals in the second half there uh, to win. So he said, I, I sat there, and I said to the creator, give me a sign, and he meditated. And he said, now listen, that's tricky because at a football match, your every instinct is to abuse the ref and the opposition. And instead, you've got to shower them with unconditional love. Hey, but Tom, he suffered through it, man. Okay, and he says, I managed to focus and we played like we never before. The second half, we won 40 nothing. Woo, yeah, he's got to be the Messiah. Oh, but hey, there's more proof for you skeptics. He said he did it again in the semifinal against Bucharest. He said, again, we were down three to nothing. And again, I meditated and bang, we won a real miracle. Woo! Now, I love this. The person interviewing him said this. Uh, excuse me, uh, what about the final when Middlesboro uh, lost four to nothing to Seville? Direct quote, I'm not making this up. He said, ah, interesting question. I got drunk, and it turns out it doesn't work if you're drunk, you can't focus. <laughs> Oh, boy. Okay. But that's right. For, uh, we're here for you, folks. Uh, if you still need a Messiah who still has a British accent, uh, but apparently doesn't get drunk uh, and has more power than uh, to possibly maybe affect some sporting outcomes, hey, Australia is here to help you out. This guy's name is AJ, not to be confused with AJ there. Okay. And uh, listen to what he claims to be. This is wild. He is an ordinary Australian making an extraordinary claim. AJ Miller says he's Jesus Christ. We first found him spruiking his message in Australia, but now this self-proclaimed son of God has taken his mission to the world. Denham Hitchcock caught up with AJ deep in the heart of Texas. I'm going to have to say that I'm Jesus. <laughs> That's how much rage is there, you see. I certainly don't want to be Jesus. <laughs> At the moment, I certainly don't want to be his name is Alan John Miller, or AJ, a former IT worker from Queensland's Bible Belt. He claims he's Jesus Christ, back from the dead, to spread a message he calls the divine truth. And remember that it has been prophesied in the Bible and other places that I was going to do this, that I was going to return. AJ is currently on a worldwide tour. We've traveled to the American state of Texas to find him. So we go in with a local Christian who read about the seminar on the internet. The room is small, but it's full. AJ is front and center. To his right is his girlfriend Mary. Not any Mary, but the Mary Magdalene who witnessed the crucifixion. In this century, she has the handicap duties. We usually, before we give a talk, we talk to our spirit friends about what they feel are the issues you're facing. AJ believes after death, he and Mary were in the spirit world, a world he remains in contact with. It's a message the faithful have traveled from all over the US to hear. Florida and California, Philadelphia, New Mexico, New Mexico Washington, 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 South Carolina, Texas. Texas. <laughs> the spirits, he says, want them to change the way they live, to love more, become self-sufficient, to prepare for cataclysmic events such as the ones in the movie 2012. 
huge natural disasters from which he will emerge as the saviour. His followers have financed his current world trip from Australia to Greece, England, Dallas, Texas and back to the UK. Somebody thinks he's the Messiah. Dude, I'm just so glad you cut your hair, man, so we don't have a conflict of interest here, but what? Are you serious? But that's right, folks, that's still it all. Okay, even if you want a Messiah who's bigger than Pennsylvania can offer, that's right, without the bug-infested force of Russia, uh, even somebody who is bigger than Australia or the British Secret Service can offer, that's right, you can check out not just Maitreya, but Lord Maitreya. That's right. Whom people all over the world consider him to actually be Jesus. Listen, and his appearance, just popping out on the scene, man, is supposed to have spawned healing springs, weeping and bleeding statues. Now that's got to be from God. No. And listen to this. I'm not making this up. Divine messages inscribed by seeds within the fruit and vegetables. Now, Jenna, maybe it's uh, just me, but uh, if my fruit starts moving around inside, scribbling stuff, I'm going to stomp on it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yikes. Okay. But what? You give me a break. And folks, I'm all kidding aside. If you think that, oh, come on, nobody's going to fall for this baloney. Really? Believe it or not, folks, CNN has already aired two commercials that I'm aware of announcing his coming. Check this out. This is from CNN. Check this out. If the Christ or Buddha returned today, would you recognize him? The one awaited by all major religions has come when we least expected it. He is ready to emerge openly very soon. Look for a bright star shining in the sky night and day as a sign of his public emergence. thought in our lifetime that CNN is going to be broadcasting commercials announcing and heralding the coming of a false messiah. Notice the blending of all the different religions. It all fits hand in hand. We've got a long ways to go, but Lord willing, we'll get there on the topic of a one world religion. And folks, I'm telling you, it's amazing that sound. The point is these guys are not alone. I wanted to give you a shot so you can see it's all over the globe uh, happening all at the same time. But right now here in the United States alone, there's an estimated 10,000 people claiming to be Jesus, okay? In fact, one of the most ludicrous ones, I would say, most audacious ones is a guy named Jose Miranda, okay? And he doesn't just claim, I mean, emphatically talk about CNN, the interviewing him, okay? He not only claims to be Jesus, but listen to what he's requiring his followers to do. Complete blasphemy, yet people fall for it. Let's check this out. In a tattoo parlor on trendy South Beach, you did the 666 really big? Yeah. Sat the daughter of the man who claims to be God. He's back. He's here to teach us that we should reign in life, that there is no sin. And today we're honoring him with a symbol. Joanne de Jesus is one of several dozen members of a religious sect called Crescienda en Gracia, or Growing in Grace. They were tattooed on their arms, ankles, even their necks with 666 the biblical sign of the Antichrist. Why? Because their spiritual leader says he is the Antichrist, 
not the embodiment of evil, but rather the second coming. 666, Antichrist means do not put your eyes on Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Put it in Jesus after the cross. And that's you. That's me. Andy says the word Antichrist is a bad translation of a word that actually means the new Christ, the second coming. Puerto Rican-born Jose Luis de Jesus Miranda founded the sect 20 years ago in a warehouse outside Miami. You receive it, you accept it, you confess it, and it's done unto you. The charismatic 61-year-old de Jesus claims millions of followers, most in Latin America. His sect does have hundreds of churches, cable TV stations, and says it brought in $1.4 million in donations last year. And he boasts of a rapidly growing presence in the United States. In an interview with us in September, he declared, I do greater things than Jesus of Nazareth, much greater. Now, sporting his new tattoos, Seis, 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 triple S. De Jesus says those expecting the second coming of Christ on a cloud with angels have misinterpreted what Jesus himself said. He said it. You won't see me anymore because he will come in another body, which is me. De Jesus preaches that heaven can be found here on earth simply by following him. There's no sin and there is no hell. And that's part of why he's attracting so many followers. But marking your body with 666 seems an unusual way to show you're a Christian. Uh, yeah, I would agree. How about you guys? That's scary. And that's still the tip of the iceberg, okay? Now, it's one thing for a guy to claim to be Jesus Christ, and you saw him do that a couple times just in that little snippet there. Okay, but to have tens of thousands of people across the world falling for it, and then saying that you need to tattoo 666 on your bodies as a sign of allegiance, and they do it? I mean, it's one thing to say, but these people are doing it all over the world? People, what did Jesus say? This is exactly what's going to happen in the last days prior to his return. It's increasing all over the world. In fact, every year in Jerusalem, there's this strange phenomenon that's occurring. It's called the Jerusalem Syndrome, okay, where tens of thousands of people have these delusions of being a biblical character or Jesus Christ himself. Now, of course, the sad thing is most people don't realize this is all preparation. This is preparing people's hearts to receive the ultimate false Messiah, the Antichrist. And this is what we saw before Paul clearly warned about in the last days. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3-4. Paul again reiterates what Jesus said don't let anyone what deceive you in any way he said because that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness the antichrist is revealed the man who's doomed to destruction can I give you a parallel passage don't follow them they're doomed to destruction, man. Don't do it, okay? And he will oppose and exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worship so that he sets himself up in God's temple proclaiming himself to be God, just like the guy we saw on the video, okay? Folks, this is exactly what we're seeing. The Bible says prior to the seven-year tribulation that the Antichrist is not only going to proclaim himself to be God, but the people around the world are going to fall for it. And what do we see people around the world doing right now? They're falling for it. And they have no idea that their hearts are being prepared to receive the ultimate phony, the Antichrist himself, okay? That's exactly what Jesus said is gonna happen when you're living in the last days. Now, the second end time prophecy concerning the rise of falsehood 
Okay, we saw the false Christ, but here's the answer why I would say people are falling for it. It's another Bible prophecy passage, and that's this. The Bible says that in the last days, people are going to have an increase of not just false Christ. Why do they fall for it? Because there's going to be an increase of false myths. Okay, and we'll get to that text in just a second, okay? And I love bringing this point up because you might be out there thinking as a discerning evangelical Christian, and rightly so, give me a break. Who in their right mind would ever follow any one of those goobers Okay, who were claiming to be Jesus Christ, right? I mean, all you gotta do is just read your Bible, okay, and you're gonna see clearly that's not the way Jesus comes back. I mean, that's just plain in the scripture. That's all you gotta do. There's no way anybody should follow those guys. They're imposters. I agree with Jesus. Don't follow them. Amen, and that's the correct response. If you were to say that, you were right. Now, let's take a look, and let's see, according to the Bible, how Jesus is going to come back, and let's compare it to what these guys are saying. Matthew 24, verse 26 through 27, here's what Jesus said about his coming. He says, so if anyone tells you, there he is, out in the desert, in the bug-infested forest of Siberia, don't go out. Okay, here he is in the inner rooms. He's rented a conference room. He's come all the way to Texas. Surely it's the Messiah that inner room, you know, comfort. What did he say? Don't believe it. Okay? Why? Because here's how Jesus has come back, the real one. As lightning that comes from the east is visible even in the west, so will it be at the coming of the Son of Man. What is he saying there, folks? It's pretty obvious. The Bible says when Jesus comes back, number one, it's not going to be in secret. It's not going to be, it's going to be a worldwide event. He is not going to appear in a written room in some holiday inn. He's not going to shack out uh, next to a cave in Siberia. Okay, he is not going to, as soon as you come up to him, say, hey, Jesus, he's going to say, what's your name? He's not going to do that. The Bible says that he is going to come up and not tell people to tattoo 666 on their bodies, but as, as, as visible as the lightning is from the east, from the west, it's going to be a global event. Everybody's going to see it. And believe it or not, this is a Chrome theory. I don't think Jesus is even going to need the help of CNN. Don't announce his coming, okay? It's pretty clear, okay? And that's precisely the point. I said all that to get to this. Who in the right mind then? That's just one clear passage in the Bible. Who in the right mind? How could these people, they're claiming to be Christians. How could they follow any one of these false Christs when that's completely diametrically opposed to what the Bible says about the true Jesus Christ? Well, it's another Bible prophecy sign that's happening in these last days. The Bible says that, get this, people, people in the church are not gonna be following the Bible. They're going to be running after what Paul says are strange myths. It's the Greek word muthos, and it means literally things made up. Okay, here's what Paul says to this. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. Here's why these people are falling for it. In the presence of God and Christ Jesus, Paul says to Timothy, a young pastor, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his what? His appearing and his kingdom. He's coming back. What are you supposed to do? Paul says, man, the number one thing you better be doing, I give you this charge. You better preach the word. Okay, in season, out of season. That means whether people like it or not. Okay, what do you do? You need to correct them. You need to rebuke them. And yes, encourage them. Why? Because you're trying to keep them on the truth. Because the last days, it's not going that way. Here's what he says. With great patience, you need to do that. And careful instruction. Okay, why? Because here's what's going to happen. A time will come when men, the context is the church, will not put up with sound doctrine. Okay, they ain't gonna like it. Instead, they're gonna do two things. We'll talk about the second one. Later, we'll get to the first one. He says they're gonna do two things to suit their own desires. It's all about what you want. 
okay? He says, first of all, they're gonna gather around them a great number, not just a couple, a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear, huh? I just want somebody to say, here's how you can be a, a successful Christian, and here's how to be a better you. He says, that's what's going to happen in the last days. Okay, we just, just tickle my ear. Don't, don't talk about hell. Don't talk about wrath. Come on, don't talk about sin. Tickle my ear. That's step one. Here's the second one we're looking at. And on purpose, listen, people in the church are going to turn their ears away from the what? The truth, the Bible, and turn aside to what? That's your mister. That's the muthos. That's the literally, they're going to turn away from the Bible, even though they go to church services in the last days, and they're going to say, nope, on purpose, deliberately, I'm going after this thing totally made up because it's pleasing to me. And that's what church services are all about. It's all about me. Folks, this is what the Bible says. It says that the church in the last days are going to purposely hire pastors to tickle their ears with non-convicting sermons, things they want to hear, not the truth, and they will deliberately turn away from the truth and start following things completely made up. Now, Bill, praise God, we don't see any signs of that happening. Are you kidding me? Folks, I'm telling you, once you veer out and try to seek truth outside of this book, the Bible, you open up Pandora's box. And once you start going by, well, that's how I feel. Notice the people say, oh, I felt great. I felt wonderful. I was in love. It's just, it was feelings. You didn't test it here. Okay, once you go off this book, you open up Pandora's box, and you can make anything sound spiritual, including, did you guys know, there's a new prophecy out there. And it's based on an interstate highway, Interstate Highway 35. And did you know that apparently Interstate 35, I-35, is equivalent to Isaiah 35? <laughs> Not making it up. Check this out, folks. This is what they believe. The cars and trucks rush up and down Interstate 35 every day, a ribbon of road that cuts the nation in half and goes all the way from Laredo in the south to Duluth in the north. A number of Christians have come to believe because of recent prophecies, dreams, and visions that I-35 is the highway spoken of in Isaiah 35, verse 8. And a highway will be there. It will be called the Way of Holiness. Jeff Baldwin, college and career pastor at Dallas's Heartland Ministries. There's been very specific cities given in these prophetic words to say, go to these cities and cry out for holiness and purity, and I'll come down. And I'll invade. And all those cities were along the I-35 corridor. And now dozens of Midwest ministries have linked arms to pray these prophecies are soon fulfilled, and they've set aside 35 days to concentrate on I-35. We have 17 24-hour prayer rooms going on. Two of the main organizers are prophetic intercessor Cindy Jacobs and Heartland senior pastor Steve Hill, famous for his evangelizing in the Brownsville revival. What do we expect to see? We expect laws to be changed in cities. We expect righteous leaders. We expect a movement, a reformation that will literally sweep the face of the earth. There's something happening. There's a shift in the heavenlies. I believe we're moving angels and demons right now. I, there's one thing I agree with what that guy stated, and that is this. There's a shift that is happening. That's it. Okay? And the shift that's taking place, folks, is in the church. People are shifting away from the Word of God. Interstate 35, I-35, the little acronym there, has nothing to do with Isaiah 35. Okay? But once you go down that route, you want to play that game? If that's how you interpret the Bible, you can make it say anything you want. And I'm, I got proof, folks, okay? According to this logic, I did some research this week. 
Believe it or not, I do something besides drink iced tea there. But anyway, <laughs> but I did some research this week, okay? There's a verse in Isaiah 15. Now, Ron, that's important because we, we, we travel on I-15. Come on, this is a word for Vegas, folks. Don't, don't scoff, okay? Isaiah 15, okay? And, and, and I'm not, you can look this up. I looked it up. Isaiah 15, there's a verse in that chapter that says, and I quote, every head is shaved and every beard is cut off. You get it? This is a sign from God that if we all just go to the store, if we just pray and buy some razors and shave our heads, revival, boom, busting out in Vegas. Let's do it. Once you veer out the scripture, if that's the game you play, folks, okay, that is something, I, can I say, that's a muthos. That's a thing I just literally made up. And we laugh about it, but once you do that, people start falling that baloney. And that's exactly what the Bible said is going to happen in the last days. People are going to turn away from the Bible. They're going to start making these kind of things up, and people are going to make up all kinds of stuff. Okay, listen, and not just in the Messiah form, as we saw with the false Christ. And his supposed appearance now on earth. Listen, you can come out with any kind of supposed appearance of Jesus once you go down this route. Including, did you know that Jesus appeared on a french fry? Oh, hey, check it out. This, this is a major revelation. Let's take a look. A local woman in the California capital says she was cooking dinner for her husband when she suddenly noticed the crispy crucifix. Adding that she's never seen anything like it in her 88 years on the planet. No word on whether Jesus Christ on a French fry will follow the path carved by Jesus Christ on an oyster, Jesus Christ on a fish stick, and Jesus Christ on a pierogi, and wind up on eBay. You think it's funny? Well, folks, I'm telling you, it is kind of funny, but sad. Okay. By the way, all those other false messiahs, I hope you do what I've been doing. Would you pray for them? And ask that God save him with all due respect. But seriously, folks, see, why do people believe this? How could you ask, how could you let you say that's a sign from God? You pulled that out of the oven and that's from what? A French fry? What did the Bible say? In the last days, people, they're not going to follow the truth. They're going to deliberately hire pastors and say, oh, tell me nothing but fluffies. And at the same time, uh-uh, I'm not listening to the Bible. I'm going after all this muthos. I'm going to make stuff up, including Jesus on a French fry. I wish I could stop, but I'm telling you, this is a whole new trend in the church. It's getting worse, exactly like the Bible said. How about Jesus on a chip? I'm sharing with you the actual photographs, so don't scoff and don't mock, because it's, it's right there. Can you see it? The lady said, quote, she saw the discovery of the chip uh, as a sign that the family's doing something right and perhaps an indication they need to stop smoking. That's right. Uh, she said, quote, this strengthens my faith and it makes me believe even more. Not the word of God that says, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. No, that doesn't strengthen my faith. A chip. <laughs> Watch out. If Lays gets a hold of that one, they're going to want some big bucks. For... What? That's not all. Hey, how about Jesus on Cheeto? Apparently, it's all over the snack food. We need to start checking it. The man said, quote, I was fixing to eat it when I saw the image. It's right there, guys. You can see it's plain as day. I don't think the heavenly choir actually started singing, but in my mind, they did. With Jesus on a Cheeto. Hey, how about Jesus on a bruise? There it is. You can see the actual photograph. That's the bruise. I'm not making this up. The girl commented that she thought it was a sign that, quote, Jesus wants us to ride around in cars with boys. He's telling us it's okay and that I need a cooler cell phone. I'm not making that up. That's a muthos. That's literally made up. But it gets even worse as we go. Jesus on a cell phone. Apparently he does like electronics. Uh, the message the person said I got was that he was telling me that he was with me. And just to be sure, that's right, it wasn't a hoax because they're checking this stuff out. That's right. They checked to see if the image had come preloaded on the phone or that somebody had sent it to her. Uh-uh. It was a truly divine miracle. You could see it with your own eyes. Look at that. 
like they left out in the sun too long. You know what I'm saying? What? Give me a break. How about Jesus on Xbox 360? Because he cares about teenagers. The guy said this. That's the actual image. I mean, how can you get any clearer than that? Uh, the package, the guy said, has an image that resembles Jesus on the back. That's the photograph. He said, I did not alter the package in any way, and this is a natural occurrence, something beyond my understanding, he said. Okay, but that's right. If you think it's just non-Christians, I'm telling you, the church is doing it too. They say, as you can clearly see, folks, I have to walk all the way over here. I, I don't even need, well, I don't even need to walk this far. Can you see that? That is such a clear image of Jesus. Jubilee Fellowship Church. These are people saying they're Christians. Maybe they are. I don't know. Say that you can see the Jesus, uh, face of Jesus on their pulpit after it was re-varnished. Someone from the church knows the profile and they believe that's Jesus Christ. Okie dokie. And how about Jesus on a closet door? Look at that. That's obvious. Uh, the guy said, my old closet door was a very, uh, has a very curious wood grain pattern in it. And many people over the years have said it looks exactly like Jesus Christ holding out his hands. Hey, but that's right. Speaking of closet door, this is what a lady found behind her door. She found Jesus on her iron. Okay, let's take a look at this one. Jesus is on my iron. You see his head there, his hair, his eyes, his nose. On last Sunday, the door was shut. I opened the door. And I looked down and I see this image staring at me. And I was like, my first reaction was that's image of Jesus looking at me. I was like, okay, you're crazy. I picked it up, looked at it again. He's still there. I don't know, be a reminder right now that things are going to be good and get better. Cheryl, do you see the Apostle Paul on the bottom of my foot there? <laughs> really? Moses on the wrinkle? Tony, folks, it gets worse as we go. How about Jesus on a guitar, right? Jeff Hoyer told the Ludington News, that's right, spreading the word. Uh, that's the kind of advertisement we don't need as Christians. He said, I've been here for 27 years, and I've never seen anything close to that. The face is so clear. <laughs> it reminded me of the Shroud of Turin, and we all know who that was. That's right. That's right. And Jesus on a tree. Look at that. Recently, while attempting to find solace for an imminent foreclosure, don't go to the Word of God. Oh, no. A couple had discovered the image of Jesus appeared in a knot hole on their tree. And the couple believes it's a sign that something good is coming their way from Jesus and a knot hole on a tree. Jesus on a rock. Now, that's the rock, folks. I mean, how can you get any clearer than this? It's right there. The lady said she was riding on a bus looking out the window and she saw it. It's right there. Her friend believes the image is there to watch over them. And another friend says, since the lady needs a kidney, the image is a sign she's going to be okay. Uh, that's right. Need to take public transit more often. Uh, a Jesus on a ceiling stain. There it is, folks. Dominique Sarton, a staff member of the body shop, uh, said, I think it's a silhouette and kind of a partial beard. Now listen to this. Boy, she's got some faith. She said, if it had leaked a little more, it would be a beard on the other side too man, they fixed the leak too soon. And, but they're selling it on eBay. That's right. And speaking of which, listen to what this church is doing. Uh, they found Jesus on a shoe. Okay, that's right, folks. An individual from Southeast Kansas noticed a strange sign on the tongue of his new shoes. You thought I was joking about the Apostle Paul, didn't you? That's right. Okay, upon further inspection, it was the image of Jesus Christ. Now, here's what's sad, folks. Listen, the shoe's listed on eBay and the portion of the proceeds is going to church ministries. Give me a break. What a bad advertisement uh, for Christianity. And that's right. Hey, this is so groovy and far out. Uh, I don't even know how to start. Lava lamp. Jesus and a lava lamp. It's right there, folks. You can clearly see it. The man said, I was going through a tough time. and was praying for a divine sign from God that I was not alone and that all would work out fine. And there you go. Jesus and a lava lamp. And he said, after the revelation, my life turned around. 
You know what? Forget the word of God. Don't come to church services. Just stare at your lava lamp. Okay, no, I'm kidding. But anyway, that's right. How about Jesus on a pita bread? Now that one's real, huh? <laughs> Guy in New Zealand, he woke up uh, to cook some pita bread. And he said, oddly enough, one piece looked like the face of Jesus. He said, I was tempted to eat it, but for some reason, I didn't. And aren't we all glad that he didn't? Yeah, that's right. A couple more here. This is one of my favorite ones. Jesus on a rotten potato. I'm not making this up. This is hilarious. Renee said she'd been looking for an excuse to get out of making potato salad at the church, right? Quote, I was hesitant about making the potato salad because Sister Frankie makes the potato salad at church. You know, don't want to create a conflict, right? So here's what she did. She said, I said, Lord, if it's not for me to make the potato salad, then send me a sign. That's right. She got her sign right off the bat with the first potato she split in half. There it is. Woo! <laughs> On a rotten potato as a sign that she's not supposed to make the potato salad. But that's right, folks. Uh, Jesus is on everything. I don't have time to talk about Jesus on a dog door, Jesus on an x-ray. Uh, he's on a moth, on a cat, on a wheel, on a pretzel, on a spoon. And that's right. I did have to share this one. Did you know Jesus appeared on a beer bottle? Wow. Hey, that's right, folks. The man said, when I saw it, I got goose pimples. Okay. He said, I got no doubt it's the face of Jesus. Can you see it there, folks? Come on. Yeah. Okay, whatever. Anyway, he says, you can even see his beard and hair. Okay. Now, I don't know how much, how much he had to drink before he saw it, but <laughs> we're not going to go <laughs> Well, listen to this quote. The article said, the devil is constantly at work trying to stop these signs from spreading. He said, here's the bad news. He got a photo of it apparently first. He said, it ended up getting collected by a barmaid when no one was paying attention and thrown away. <laughs> at least we got the photo. <laughs> All right. But that's right, folks. In closing, one more. Uh, lest you think God does not care about us here in Las Vegas. Recently, a woman showed that you and I here in Vegas, we got nothing to worry about because Jesus appeared on the toilet seat. Okay. <laughs> Let's check this out. Here's another video. Yes, you could call it the royal flush. Magdalena Nelson's guest bathroom screams, I love Las Vegas. <laughs> I get a little choked up because it's so silly and it's so funny, but it really just made my day. Yeah. It really made my day. And by that, she's referring to what she says appeared while she was cleaning. The face of Jesus came out. Take a look. Do you see it? Look closer. I said, holy and I went from every angle, and I looked, and I looked, and I called my boyfriend in, and it was there. What did you think when your girlfriend said, I see Jesus in a bumper sticker on our toilet? I thought it was ridiculous, and I thought she was crazy. But once he looked closer, he says he now sees the image plain and clear. So do you think that it might, there's something to it? Oh, I hope so. It, it, it's, it's helped us feel better. Like. We've been kind of going through tough times. It's kind of brought us up a little bit, brought our spirits up that day. And now they say praying to the porcelain god has taken on a whole new meaning. Ever since Magdalena discovered the sign on Thursday, she says this bathroom is literally off limits to the family. Magdalena says she'll protect the image as long as she can. And however it got there, she believes timing is everything. So when I saw that, it was just, bing, okay, we're going to be all right. No matter what, the economy's in the toilet, but maybe we're going to be all right. Repeat after me. Bing. <laughs> the economy's down in the toilet. Don't waste your time with this, folks. Come on. Jesus appeared on the toilet. Everything's going to be okay. Preach it, Mary. We'll turn the pages. Excuse me, everything's going to be fine because you said you saw Jesus on a toilet and that's a sign the economy's going to turn around? What? 
Now here's my point. Don't you guys see what happens once you start going down this route? You might think, oh, it's not a big deal. Well, maybe they're right. Maybe I-35 is Isaiah 35. Once you do that, you can make the Bible say just about anything you want. And this is very important because I believe this is the answer. How in the world could those people fall low, those false Christs? When it's clear in the Bible, that's not how they appear, the real Jesus. That's not how he's coming back. Because the Bible also says at the same time these false Christs appear, the people in the church are going to turn away from the truth, hire pastors to tell them nothing but fluffy nothings, and then they're going to literally start falling after things made up, including Jesus on a toilet. This is what the Bible says, folks. What more does God have to do? This is such an obvious sign. This is what God has done for us. He's given us the signs of the rise of falsehood, these false Christs and this trend of the church to follow after false myths to let us know <laughs> the second coming of Jesus. Come on, folks. The seven-year tribulation is right around the corner. This is why Jesus said, when church, you see these things. People saying Jesus is on the toilet. A guy saying tattoo 666 as a sign of allegiance that I am Jesus. Jesus said, Luke 21, 28, when these things take place, you better stand up, Christian. You better lift up your heads because, man, woo, your redemption is drawing near. Jesus is coming back. That should be exciting. Not scary. I said it before, I'll say it again. It's scary if you're still in love with this world because we're not saved for this place. The only tinge I would say of healthy fear would be you're afraid that your loved ones who still don't know Jesus Christ might miss the boat. That fear I'll accept scripturally. He's coming back. It's good news. And that, that it should encourage you and I. We've got to get busy working together, right? We've got to stop fighting each other. We've got to start working together. We've got to do what it takes to be used of God to save souls. Amen? Amen? But if you're here today and you're not a Christian, I beg you, what more does God got to do? Heed the signs. Heed the warnings. It's even coming out on the news that Jesus is coming back. And you need to accept him as your Lord and Savior now because tomorrow might be too late. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Well, hi, this is Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church, and I hope you enjoyed today's study. But before you go, let me ask you one final question. Are you sure that if you were to die today, that you go to heaven and not hell? Before you answer that, let me share a couple things with you. Did you know that the Bible says that God is holy and that we are not? And the Bible also says that the wages of our sin or our unholiness is death. In other words, when we die, and it's coming for each one of us, we're all marching towards the grave at different speeds, but it's going to happen. The Bible says, therefore, since the wages of our sin is death, we deserve to die and go straight to hell and not to heaven. And that's bad enough, but to make matters worse, we don't want to admit this. God already knows. He knows uh, all of our behavior, everything, our thoughts, what we've done, what even we're going to do. He knows it all. He's gone. Even though he already knows this. We don't want to admit this. And so out of love and mercy, God gave us something called his law or the Ten Commandments. It's kind of like his x-ray into our heart to show us what he already knows, that he is holy and that we are not. And it's this unholiness or sin that separates us from him. Let's take a look at God's x-ray, if you will, his divine law to show us what he already knows. The Ten Commandments uh, the ninth one says this, you shall not bear false witness. Okay, that's called lying. Okay, 
And if you've ever told a lie once, which we all have, myself included, the Bible says that makes you a liar. Okay? The, the, another commandment says you shall not steal. Okay? Uh, and you might think, well, that's something that everybody does. Well, it doesn't make it right. And it demonstrates what God is trying to show us, that uh, we all have sin, and it's separating us from him. Even if you took a pencil in the third grade from somebody, if you did it without permission, that's stealing. And so now you've become a thief. The Bible says that you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. And how interesting it is and unfortunate that the only name under heaven by which men might be saved, the name Jesus Christ, has now become a common cuss word. The Bible says that God is so holy that even his name is holy. If you've taken the Lord's name in vain and used it as a cuss word or even flippantly, the Bible calls that the sin of blasphemy. And so now you become a blasphemer. The Bible says you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus says if you even look at another person with lust in your eye, you've committed adultery in your heart. And finally, the Bible says uh, you shall not murder. And you might think, well, hey, I haven't done that one. Really? Well, again, the Bible says that the sin of hatred is the same as the sin of murder. The only difference is you pulled the trigger, if you will, in your heart. You wish they were dead. And in God's eyes, it's the same thing in principle. Folks, that's only just a couple of the Ten Commandments. We didn't even go through all of them. But I think you're starting to get the picture. The Bible is correct. We have all fallen short of the glory of God, myself included. And that we are separated from God as a result. And so when our time comes, we're not automatically going to heaven. We are headed for judgment. We are headed for hell. Now let me tell you the good news. The good news is that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to save us. Jesus Christ died on the cross. It was the death penalty of its day. He paid in full uh, the price for our sins to be forgiven. Let me give you an analogy. For instance, even today, we could see that a person could commit a crime. Uh, they, they cannot reverse it. The, the sentence has been passed. The judge has uh, slammed his gavel, and they are ushered off into their jail cell. And in this particular crime, they are going to receive the death penalty. And so they're behind bars just waiting for the time, waiting for the call for them to go and uh, receive the death penalty. But believe it or not, as we know, there is a way that a person can get off a death row. And that is if the one in authority, the governor, would grant them a pardon. Now, they didn't earn it. Uh, they certainly don't deserve it. And there's nothing they could do uh, to earn it because nothing can reverse their crime. Okay? Yet the one in authority has that ability to grant them a pardon. Well, can I tell you something? That's what God has done through Jesus Christ. The cross was the death penalty of the day. God sent his one and only son to die on the cross, to take the death penalty in our place, and that if we would just receive his pardon for all of our sins, God is willing to allow us to get off a death row. He's willing to forgive us completely of all of our sins. That's the good news that I want to share with you. God loves you. The Bible says that God is not willing that anyone should perish, but everyone come to repentance. Won't you, if that's you, call upon the name of Jesus Christ right now? Won't you ask him to forgive you of your sins? The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved.
Won't you do that now, wherever you are? Please, take God up on his amazing, loving offer. I'll let you down. Man will let you down. People will let you down. But God never will. He wants to adopt you into his forever family. He loves you. He's willing to forgive you of anything and everything you've ever done, past, present, and future. It's amazing. Please, call upon Jesus now. Well, this has been Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church. If there's anything that we can do for you, please don't hesitate to ask. Our number and information will come up here on the screen here shortly. And remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless. Thank you for watching this presentation from Sunrise Baptist Church. If you would like to send us a letter or any other kind of postage, you can reach us at 1780 Betty Lane, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89156. For more information, you can give us a call at 702-452-8599 or email us at bcrone at getalifemedia.com or you can visit our website at www.getalifemedia.com. Billy Crone and this ministry can also be found on Facebook and Twitter. Join us for services at www.sunriselv.com.